Over the past several weeks, we've been, we've been looking at primarily um, the first couple chapters of Genesis. And we've been talking about what it means um, to become human, or to, I call this series Becoming Human, because I think we're always in stages of, of transformation. And today, we're going to be talking about, well, what, is it, what does it mean to become, be fully human? To be fully human. Because if you remember, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and God created everything that was, and then God created Adam out of Adamah. So God created this, this mud being, this mud human, out of the red dust. That's what Adamah means. And so that's why this is so beautiful in, in Genesis, is, is there's this Hebrew language that goes on there. But he, but just, so he created Adam, that's why we say Adam, out of Adamah, out of the red dust, and God, and God looked at what God had made and looked at the human beings that, that God had made and said what? It is, boy, it is, okay, it is, okay, did Father Abraham not wake you guys up? Wow, I mean, it's, this is interactive time, we're, we're here, I want you to, you know, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, it's all good, it, it can't get too loud in here, well, it could, but I doubt it, so, so they said, it is good. It is good. And then um, in, in, in the second chapter, God says, uh, it's not good for Adam, Adam, to be alone. It's not good for human beings to be alone. And so uh, God, according to the story, calls a sleep to fall upon Adam, takes the rib, creates Eve. And Adam, soil, right? That's what we, we think, Dirt. Mud man. Eve, Eve, the, the, her name means life. Or being spoken into being. Life. So it's life and soil. It's just interesting. It's just beautiful. I don't want, don't make anything larger than it is. It's just, the language is just so beautiful. And so it's not good for human beings to be alone. And so we were created for community. We were created to, to, to be in community, not to be off um, on our own. And and one of the and one of the one of the most difficult things that that just that has that has become more and more prevalent in our society is people will say what they'll say I am lonely. Loneliness has become something that just seems to be more and more pervasive. Even as more and more quote unquote connected we are, we hear that people feel more and more lonely. And so, in the third chapter of Genesis, we. We have this story about Adam and Eve and a fruit and a snake. And what that story is about, at least for me, um, and we're not going to go deep into it, is just this understanding that, that, okay, we were made good. God said it was good. We were made for community. And we just continually screw that up. We continue to go against the goodness of of community to go against the goodness of our nature and we and we just continue to mess things up we continue to mess things up and so in a sense um, the story of scripture then is God's relationship with 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 creation and with the people that God has made in calling them to seek a way of becoming fully human, of entering fully into the gift of life that we've been given. 
And I'm, I would guess that almost all of us who have even a little bit of age on us understand what it's like to not feel like yourself. I just don't feel like myself. I don't feel right. And that's just a sort of a basic underlying uh, sort, of, sort of thing. I don't, I don't feel like myself. I mean, maybe you are physically sick or maybe you're mentally not feeling well or, 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 or whatever, but I don't, I don't feel like myself. It's an indication that we, we have an idea in our mind about, about what it feels like to be fully integrated. To be operating, as my father would have said, on all cylinders. <laughs> well, um, I can tell you a way, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't do three-point sermons, but I'm going to, today I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two three-points. <laughs> two three-points. The first one is how not to become fully human. It's a hack. You've heard the word hack, right? I'm not a big fan of the word hack, but that's, that's, a, that's another thing. But here's a hack. To, to not become fully human, you should hoard you should be apathetic, and you should act like you know it all. It's a great way to become not, not fully human, right? And I don't mean hoard, like hoarding, like, like folks who have, you know, this whatever goes on, and they, they just fill their homes with stuff, and, and it's horrible, and you've seen those shows. But I mean hoard like, I got to get mine. I got to hold on to it. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna keep it for myself. And I don't just mean I don't just mean money and possessions. I mean like love. Like, hey, you did a really good job. That you know, I'm not gonna say that to you because that's just that would mean you might be better than me. I'm gonna hoard that for myself. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that for myself. A great way to become not fully human is to be, another word I might say, to be ungenerous. To keep it all. It's interesting, we have, we have, this, we have this really uh, amazing idea that, that people who are, who are super wealthy, right? People who are super wealthy just have much better lives than we do. They're much happier, clearly, you know? Driving the Ferrari, got the big house on the hill, you know, I mean, beautiful husband, beautiful wife, beautiful children, it's all, it's all, it's all lovely and rosy. Guess what? Their lives aren't any better than yours or mine. They're just as screwed up as we are. Well, I'll speak for myself. They're just as screwed up as I am. You, you, guys, you, got, it all, you guys got it all together. I'm, I mean, and, and a lot of times what I see in working with people is oftentimes it's, it's the folks who, who seem to have made it who are the ones who are the most scared of losing it. It's fascinating to me. And sometimes it's the people who've never had it at all that are the most generous, the most kind, because they've had to accept the kindness of others. They've had to receive as well as to give. So hoard, if you don't want to be fully human, just hoard, just Keep it all to yourself. Don't reach out. Don't, don't care for others. Don't do any of that. Be apathetic. For me, the opposite of love is not hate. It's apathy. It's I don't care. 
So just be apathetic. Just don't really care about anything. Don't care about your neighbor. Don't care about your coworker. Don't care about yourself. Just be apathetic. Great way to not be fully human. And then make sure that you act like you know it all. Just surround yourself with people who confirm that you know exactly what you're talking about. Don't ever try to learn anything new or different. Don't open yourself up to new ideas. Don't do anything like that. Just, re- just know that everything that you needed to know you learned in kindergarten and just stay there. Just know it all. Great way to become not fully human. Well, what's the alternative? Where do we, and where do we look for this alternative? Well, you know, the answer in church is what? Or who? Jesus. Right, Jesus. I mean, I love this. I love this. And we believe in Philippians, what Jennifer, what Jennifer read earlier, I believe it was from the Message Translation, which is a really cool um, translation of that. But I love this in Philippians 2. Paul writes, let the same mind, the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, he knew he was all that, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself gave of himself, didn't hoard of himself, taking the form of a slave, being born into human likeness and being found in human form. He humbled himself. You've heard me talk about what I think humble means. Humble means is understanding your relationship to God. That's not putting yourself down. As someone once said, it's not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him. Gave him the name that is above every name, that, every, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven on earth and under the earth and every tongue should confess that Jesus is Lord. He became fully human. Not by leading a conquering army. Not by hoarding it all together. Not by, in some sense, acting as if he knew it all. I know that one's going to stump you a little bit. But you Bible scholars will know that Jesus, there were many times when Jesus encountered people and they opened him up to some new ways, what seemed like anyway in the stories, some new ways of thinking of reaching out to others. And so, of course, we look to Jesus as the example of one who became fully human. Here at Westminster, we, we talk about the, the marks of discipleship, and there are six of them, and, and that we believe that these, these, these practices are ways that we, can, that we might grow in faith. I say they're ways to become fully human. 
Does anybody know one of them? One of the six marks of discipleship? Got one. Pray daily. Pray daily. Right. Pray daily. You're opening yourself to God. You're combating your know-it-allness. You're combating your apathy. You're combating your hoarding when you pray daily. What's another one? Worship weekly. We got an elder table right here. I love it. Oh, was that you? We do have an elder table right here. Look at this. Man, I was sure that came out of your mouth. That's funny. Worship weekly. What are we doing right now? Right. Coming together in community. Listening for the word of God. Coming together to praise God. You know, connecting with each other. Again, it combats that hack. What's another one? Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Bible. Wade knows that one because he does it. Right? Am I right? Say that with confidence. Yep. Mm -hmm. Read the Bible. Again, don't don't we don't know it all. (laughs) I mean, every time I go back to the scripture, and I and I I think I've studied the scripture pretty intently for a long, long time, and was forced to study it pretty intently, and especially especially in graduate school, I learn something new every time, every single time. I'm opened up to something different. I'm challenged with something. Sometimes I don't agree with the things that I think I'm hearing because they don't connect with me. I, I've got I've to be open. Got to be opened up. What's another one? Serve. serve. We, we say serve at and beyond your church. Serve at and beyond your church. Again, what, it combats that apathy, combats that hoarding, combats that know-it-allness. Serve. Get out of yourself. Go, go help somebody else. Jesus helped those around him. Jesus emptied himself and helped the whole world, we believe. What's another one? Be in relationship, relationship, right? Be in relationship to encourage spiritual growth. That's that's the thing. Be in relationship. We want you to be in relationship, but but we also really want you to be in relationship in such a way that 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 your spirit would grow. Maybe that's a maybe that's a maybe that's a prayer relationship with somebody else. Maybe that's just maybe that's a Bible study relationship with somebody else. But something consistently um, that where you're where you're you're talking about these things, being challenged and confessing about what's not going so well in your life and working through that. Be in relationship. Yeah. There's one more. What's that? Give freely of your time, talents, and resources. Good. Give freely. Yeah, that combats that hoarding, generosity. I told you there were two, three points. The first one was the hack. This is the anti-hack. Love, give, and grow. If you want to remember the six marks of discipleship, that's, that's really what that's all about. Love, give, and grow. Love. Which is, which is about serving and caring. It, it's, it's the, it's a, it's, you can't be apathetic if you love and if you show love. Because when you start showing love to people, 
It's amazing how much that grows inside of you and you just want to continue to do it and give it away. Give. Time, talents, and resources. When you mentor somebody else, when you speak into their life, when you partner with somebody else, when you give of your time then to to serve someone who is different than you are, Not because you've got more than they do, even though that may, may be part of the relationship. You're, you're giving from, your, your, um, from all of your blessings to help someone else who doesn't have as many as you. But you come at it with inequality. Jesus didn't hold it over our heads that he was our Lord and Savior. He invited us into a relationship with him. Love, give time, talents, and resources, meaning, and especially, especially in our world today, you know, that hoarding thing, um, we, everybody talks about how I'm never going to have enough money for this, that, or the other thing. Mon, as long as you keep telling yourself, you never will. When you begin, when you begin to stroke some checks, it'll change you. Give something away to somebody else. Let them go use it for what, it, what needs to be done. It'll change you. You begin to look at your resources differently. It becomes not just about you. But it becomes more about how can I bless the world with what I've been given. Grow. In the world, we, there, there's a big conversation going on right now um, uh, around, around a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. The fixed mindset is, I know it all. Uh, we do this to our kids. We give kids a fixed mindset when we say, when we say what? What's that? You're so, You're so smart. We think that's a great compliment, right? Not really a great compliment because, because then... What if they bomb a test? I go, well, I'm not, I'm not so smart. No, it doesn't have anything to do with it. You could have just had a bad day. What kinds of things could we say to them if we're, if we're encouraging a growth mindset? Somebody else, because Allison knows this inside and out. I know she does. You did it. What's that? You did it. You figured you, it out. Okay. You hard. What's that? You worked hard. You worked hard. Just give it everything you've got. Right, give it everything you've got. Right. I love the way you work. I love how you just keep going after it even when it doesn't work out the way you want. A growth mindset means we can always learn more and know more and we're going to mess it up. We're going to flunk a test. We're going to show love to somebody and it's not going to come back. We're going to give of our resources and they're going to use it for something we don't agree with. But we're going to grow and we're going to learn and we're going to keep after it and we're going to show up day after day after day after day to be opened up to the scripture, to be opened up to faith, to be opened up to the spirit, to be opened up to community. Love, give, and grow. It beats the hack every time. And that is what it means to follow Jesus.
That's what it means to become fully human. In 1 Peter it says this, Rid yourselves therefore of all malice, all guile, insincerity, envy, and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. I'm reading a different translation than what's on the screen. Go back, Sherry. I'll read, I'll read off the screen. So clean house, like a clean sweep of malice and pretense, envy and hurtful talk. You've had a taste of God. Now, like infants at the breast, drink deep of God's pure kindness. Then you'll grow up mature and whole in God. Welcome to the living stone, the source of life. The workmen took one look and threw it out. God set it in the place of honor. Present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary vibrant with life, in which you'll serve as holy priests offering Christ-approved lives up to God. The scriptures provide a precedent. Look, I'm setting a stone in Zion, a cornerstone in the place of honor. Whoever trusts in this stone as a foundation will never have cause to regret it. To you who trust in him, he's a stone to be proud of. But to those who refuse to trust him, the stone that the workmen threw out is now the chief foundation stone. For the untrusting, it's a stone to trip over, a boulder blocking the way. They trip and fall because they refuse to obey, just as predicted. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instrument to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, set apart. That's what holy means set apart to be a blessing to this world, set apart to be. Come fully human as you follow the one who went before us. May you find ways to combat the hack. May you find ways more and more to grow, to give, and to love. May you be a blessing as you have been blessed. Amen.